Yes, we do. Every single Saturday on these airwaves. My name is Casey Steve, the voice of your valley on Versets News Talk, 107.3 FM. 1480 AM KYOS. That's for you, Marilyn. Every single Saturday on these airwaves. It's the second Saturday in January. January 11, 2020. So uh, nice to have you here with me and also in studio. If you guys listened in the 8 o'clock hour, you already know who's here. An old voice that you may not recognize, but as soon as you hear it, you'll say, I know that voice. Know that voice? My voice is shot. That snort. I know that snort. Robert the Velvet Sledgehammer, Thomas Setti, in studio with us after a, uh, well, I won't even say a brief illness. It was it was touch and go, folks. I was really nervous. A lot of us were. A lot of prayers. A lot of good, good thoughts. And uh, we've made it all into the next decade together. And I uh, wanted to bring him in. He's feeling uh, well enough that he can wake up at these early, early hours. You mean I'm retired enough? <laughs> yeah, I think I think he's in a position where he's going to be uh, taking it easy for a little bit and well-deserved. I'm telling you, this guy worked hard in his whole life. Is the the Air Force brought him here from Chicago? The big blow from the big win from Chicago. I was used to call him, and uh, he he came here to us at Castle. That's why Castle's so near and dear to his heart. A forward air combat air traffic. What air combat traffic? No combat yeah. air traffic you controller. Know, they make all these. New the bottom words. line is when it comes to air traffic controllers, you picture this. You know, up in a high tower, the windows at a forty-five degree angle. The the sun tint, you know, the, the beverage. No, this guy jumped out of a plane yep. and would go in the forward air combat position. That yep. means forward of enemy lines and 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 direct the planes. Now, that was the scary part because he had a little problem knowing his right from his left. Yeah, that's a, that's a story. <laughs> if anybody wants to know and you see me on the street, just ask. So he actually had to put on the big screen, on the big pizza pie they look at, right and left, which I'm glad you did that. Uh, especially after. But if you think about it, it's logical. You tell a guy to turn left, you're facing him the wrong way. He's turning left, you're going, where the heck is he going? God bless his heart. That's why he's Robert the Velvet Sledgehammer Thomas Eddie. But again, he's done a lot in his life, a fixture here in town ever since he got out of the service. I didn't realize married over there at the Laura Fountain. Yep, 1985. And, uh, insurance, uh, investments, he's done a lot. Uh, uh, Italo. Social service, again, uh, uh, just done a... A great job. And again, so happy to have him in here. But let's talk. We've been down memory lane. Let's talk about the Merced City Council meeting that went on. Because I know Robert's got some probably opinions on that. They changed the seating order. No more boys club over there of Serato, Blake, and and Shelton. They uh, they, they threw... They threw poor uh, poor Joe McLeod into the pit. Into the, into the, into the locker room. But uh, no, nah, I'm just kind of teasing those guys. Serato... Uh, I don't know what he's going to do. He's not up for election, but we saw in the Merced County Times where Michael Bowman, a former councilman, threw his hat in the ring for the mayoral candidacy, which is, again, up er, for election coming up in Matt November. Serrato, I heard Matt Serrato may run. I heard, you know, in the Merced County Times, there was uh, some talk about that, and he hasn't said no. So uh, I don't know. There may be. And, of course, the other elect, the other announced candidate, there's two, Bowman and Monica Villa, who uh, Robert and I interviewed as a, a mayoral candidate, uh, maybe a city council candidate, several years ago. I think she was running for city council when we had 
her and Pirate in the studio. Yep. And I noticed you're wearing your jammies. It's so funny, Robert's in early morning casual here, and we always used to talk about jammies at B of A. Anyway, uh, Monica Villa, the self-proclaimed homeless advocate, uh, she was at the city council meeting Monday night and encouraged everybody to get out there, re-register. You know, if you've moved from the Child's Avenue underpass to the uh, Creek Bank along Bear Creek, make sure that you, uh, the uh, registrar of voters knows where to send that absentee ballot so you can vote. Uh, and so that she was one of the speakers. Yes. Don't you have to pay money to be a candidate? I don't know where she gets it. I think there's a lot of people in the community that feel for her and feel for her causes of uh, social outreach, homeless outreach, uh, housing first. Well, the reason I ask that is because I see Josh and all these guys who are running. They have these uh, uh, forms that they make you fill out so that oh, they yeah, can she do, has it to do that yeah, in no. lieu of it. No, she has to do the bare minimum, even if you don't collect any money or fundraise, which I think is the way she goes, mostly just word of mouth. But no, she's had, but again, remember the last election? Mayoral, she got 32% of the vote, man. 32%. I'm a little envious of that, having run myself. Maybe that's why Mr. Murphy wants four years instead of two. Well, you know, I can understand that. You know, that again, that ele- that's uh, going to be on the uh, March ballot along with uh, some financial, changing the city charter somewhere, some way to allow us to use some uh, money that uh, we only keep for a year but uh, get a little better return on it than we've uh, done And again, Venus Rodriguez over there in the city financial position has done a uh, great job. You know, we used to have a guy over there named Grant for years and years. And uh, it's just nice that we have a fresh set of eyes looking at that. But again, at the Merced City Council meeting Monday night, you know, the seating order, they had some proclamations. Of course, uh, MLK, the parade is coming up, I believe, on the 20th. Here, uh, not next, the fall, not next Monday, but the, the following Monday, and of course that'll push the city council meeting until the twenty first. Of course, that goes right by Rob's place. I don't know. I think no, actually, they're going this year from the fairgrounds to the theater. Uh, before they used to go all the way up to the train station, but for some reason they don't. They stop at the theater, and then there's a big program at the theater. Uh, one of the things that was on the uh, agenda, if you will, was the fireworks ordinance sale and discharge. They wanted to. Uh, Change that to 10 p.m. instead of midnight. And, uh, you know, they were going after safe and sane. And the problem, I don't know if you agree, but the city council, a lot of the speakers, thought the problem were these illegal fireworks, the mortars, the things that are brought in from out of state, bought on the Internet. And uh, this is what I thought we were going after for years. And now uh, they come up with this uh, ordinance attacking, limiting the safe and sane booths. And uh, the Merced Marching 100, as you know, has a big booth over there on G Street by Olive. Actually put on a show. Now in the summer, 10 o'clock is not that late. Only gets dark, 9, 9.20. They start a show at 9, just barely after it gets dark, to showcase what they have to sell. Show goes on for more than an hour. They said, hey, you know, we're going to be limited, and then people can't buy afterwards. And then they wanted to cut it off on the 4th. The way the state law is written, you can sell fireworks until the 6th or the 5th. Uh, most booths do stay open a day or two after to recoup those sales for next year. Even though it may not be legal to set them off, you can still possess them. Again, this is a fundraising source for nonprofits. Robert's very familiar with that. We used to run together the beer booth at the at the fair for a nonprofit. Well, a, a, you know, a good cause. And so some of these fireworks booths... That's the only way these nonprofits have their money. 
So the city to go after them and not the real problem, which is the I've said it for years. Write some tickets, write some tickets. Get a get a a task force together, city council. I mean, by my house there on McKee, they were all in lawn chairs. The Cal Fire boys watching the fireworks show in the neighborhood. Well, you know, we're, we're, that's a city. This is the county. You know, that doesn't cut it. And we talk about the vulnerable population, the dogs, the cats. I have a question. That's scared by the noise, the veterans. Yeah, I mean, what do you think about it? You live downtown. Um, it sounds like a war zone. Well, it sounds like a war zone, but where do they get them? They don't get them from the sane booths. No. The situation that I have a problem with is this. It's short-sightedness. It's always the city's, uh, you know, you have a great idea, and it turns out to be ridiculous. Here you have groups that use fireworks booths for their nonprofit fundraising. Yeah. Now when you limit their nonprofit fundraising, they either get rid of programs or they come to the city with their hat in their hand. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is the city doesn't see that. The city does overreach. Maybe some person with kids who works for the city brings it up to some boss at work and they decide that's a great idea. Leave it alone. Well, you know, some of the arguments were, Robert, that, well, you know, Los Manos is 10 and, you know, Atwater's 1030 and at least this will bring everybody in parity. Look, illegal is illegal. A mortar is illegal on the 4th, the 5th of September, 31st June. of December. Yeah, and so, you know, this, this is, again, just an excuse. I, I don't know why we have to put these layers of bureaucracy. Children in a sandbox can get along better, can police themselves better than what I'm seeing up there. You know, if somebody in the sandbox doing something wrong, stop it. You know, kick them out of the sandbox. No, what we do is we we take all the sand. You know, what, why don't we go in there and write some sites, cut some sites, go on foot patrol, three officer groups. If the firefighters are uh, nervous about their safety, we'll put a cop with you. We'll put somebody with a gun, with a pipe next to you. You know, we'll walk around and you'll find people all day long. You do that for a couple of years, hand out some $500 coupons, be tough about it. Ho, ho, ho. But instead, we commit twenty, thirty thousand. Hang a couple of banners across G Street downtown. Tell you to you know don't do it. And it sounds like Mosul. It sounds like it's just crazy, man. And, and this is the answer. I totally agree with Robert. All you do is you vilify the good people. You know, let, it's just like gun control. Let's go take all the guns. No, let's let's take let's take the guns from the people that are causing a problem. The people that shouldn't have the guns in the first place. Same thing. Councilman Martinez tried to bring up a noise. Isn't noise a problem no matter when? I mean, again, you're right on the on the money, Robert. And again, with your... So wait a minute. So Martinez has a problem with noise. So why don't we get rid of roads? Well, I agree. No, it's like the trains. <laughs> it's ridiculous. No, it's, it's folks, a... and what it is is some of these people feel that they have to make their mark, and so they bring up a point, and they run with it. And even though the point may be ridiculous. Well, like I say, this fireworks thing was a big deal in the... Uh, in the uh, in the in the county meeting, and uh, there was rockets red glare. Yeah, the rockets red glare. They had some other uh, issues they talked about in the meeting. One thing I do want to let people know: there's going to be a community meeting over there uh, in the north side of Merced, out by the lake, out by the university. There's a proposed apartment complex. Uh, they call them efficiency dwelling units. They're seven and a half feet wide, about 35 feet long. About 250 of them is proposed at the corner of McKee and Yosemite, and there's going to be a community meeting at the Yosemite Church on the 14th on Thursday from uh, 3 o'clock. There's two meetings, one at 3 o'clock, one at 6 o'clock. It's my understanding there's going to be council members, potentially uh, uh, planning commission members. 
This goes before the Planning Commission on the 22nd, just the following week. There was supposed to be a community meeting uh, earlier in December, but the developer, for some reason, couldn't read a calendar and didn't know what day Tuesday was. So they uh, had to reschedule it until a week before the decision is made whether to improve, approve this project. Now, you hear a lot of things about affordable housing. We heard Gavin Newsom yesterday when he presented his budget talk about uh, the need for housing, affordable housing, all kinds of housing. I think the word affordable is uh, in the eye of the beholder. Depends on how much you make, your station in life. But definitely there is a, a need for inventory, which we do not have a problem in in Merced. We have uh, met all of our requirements. There's two cities in uh, Merced County that haven't. They were Atwater and Livingston, I believe, who have now corrected their problems. Maybe Das Palace. I think they're in compliance. Anyway, the point being is there's really not a need for this kind of density at this time to address, quote-unquote, affordable housing needs. Now, there is a need for homeless housing, transitional housing, and this project would be a perfect fit for that. I was concerned about that, and I had asked the uh, some city staff if this potential project of 250 efficiency dwelling units seven and a half feet wide, basically a bedroom, a kitchen, a bathroom, 33 feet long, every other unit with the balcony, whether that could be taken over by a nonprofit and filled up with folks, either transitional housing, homeless housing. And uh, I was told there was no reason why that could not happen. The hope is to have university students uh, rent these uh, proposed facility, I'll call them apartments, I don't know, efficiency dwelling units. I've never heard of it before. There is no project like this uh, that I know of in the Central Valley. I understand there are uh, facsimiles of these type of projects in the Bay Area and Southern California. But again, uh, nothing like here. this here in the Valley. I don't know if Merced should be the guinea pig, the uh, trial balloon, if you will, with this type of density of over 100 people per acre on a six-acre lot with very limited infrastructure when it comes to bike paths, uh, two-lane roads, uh, signalization, and just basic ingress and egress out of the area. The sewage would be stored on the property because it could not be discharged in real time. And to me, that has a potential of contamination if uh, somehow that system were to fail. So again, I would encourage the residents that live in North Merced or really any part of Merced because I think this project could come to you. As you know, there's a serious need for homeless housing. We've talked about Merced County being the lead agency uh, for the continuum of despair, I call it. They call it the continuum of care. A 10-year plan in its 15th year to address homelessness in Merced County. They're now going to build a navigation center over at the old, uh, the old uh, juvenile hall. $5 million, again, how it's going to be funded throughout the years. But you have to have a place to put these people. And I think this project could potentially, and the city has said that it could, be used for that purpose. So I would encourage the residents to come out and express your opinion one way or another. Again, that's Thursday at the Yosemite Church at 3 p.m. and 6 p.m. And I really hope that uh, not only the current administration, but maybe any candidates that want to represent that area or that think they represent it. Our, our councilman out there, Kevin Blake, uh, I'm not quite sure if he has to recuse himself from these votes. He has in the past, 
This project was before the Planning Commission and the City Council in October. And it was rejected handily by a five-to-one vote of the City Council. Uh, it's been retooled to basically reduce one story on two of the buildings. Uh, they're three-story buildings. Again, very, very dense, very, very uh, congested uh, for the area as it's built out currently. It is by the UC Merced Campus Parkway is coming down to Yosemite Avenue very quickly. A lot of traffic in that area. Of course, Parsons not being completed over the uh, creek was a big issue. And uh, that was one of the arguments for the quiet zones was to try to uh, get another crossing over the BNSF to the freeway for, for Parsons, which there's a lot of people out there, as Robert knows, they don't want Parsons Avenue, that bridge. That's been a real sore subject. I don't see, again, where they're going to have the money. So, again, approving these projects of this kind of density uh, on that kind of acreage really needs to be looked at. To me, it comes to public safety uh, in, in a lot of different areas. So I just wanted to let the folks know about that, uh, what was going on. Again, at the city council meeting on Monday night, uh, there was a uh, discussion uh, about the, uh, gosh, I'm trying to look for that here. Uh, right now, talk Robert for a little bit while you're I ill prepared, my friend. I know it's not <laughs> like me. No, he just goes. No, you know, I just think it's kind of interesting. Is I think the problem is the zero budgeting principle, and what that is is if you don't use all the money, you lose it. And so the the there's no incentive to save for these projects that you want. So you keep uh, passing the hat, and the only thing that they can keep. Uh, uh, raising basically is uh, bonds and things like that. Yeah, well, let's talk about, again, we hit Prop 13 and a big one uh, that's coming up for Merced College. And we've, you know, we've talked about Merced College before. You know, Keith, Quarter I, of a billion dollar bond. I have never believed. For new know, buildings. and uh, I've always wondered on these bonds, is it work, is it want versus need? Keith Law does a great job in the Merced County Times. College bonds are unnecessary, and it's not about quality education. Letter to the editor. Letter to the editor. And what he brings up is a very good point is these are wants. The college wants to get rid of this building to build a new building over here. So where are we going to get the funding? We're going to do it with Measure J money. And the problem is, is that they don't need, because of the way they're going online, uh, yes, they have... Uh, eligibility and entrance and enrollment increase but it's not on the campus itself it's a very good article excuse me a letter to the editor for people to read to see exactly how things are misleading and it goes from a need we need to fix these buildings to a want and it's really not about fixing these buildings it's about redesigning the campus well and, and you bring up a good point you know this is something i've kind of refrained from talking about uh, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes things going Oops. on. <laughs> well, you know, you bring it up, and this is why Robert the Velvet Sledgehammer, Thomas said he is the Velvet Sledgehammer, because he brings things up in a, a way that uh, is, is just that way. That's why I came up with the term. Anyway, uh, there's a lot of folks, especially in the ag community, that are very concerned that this bond won't be used uh, the way it's intended because past monies, in their mind, some people's mind, have not been used, and we've seen this in other school districts. You and I were very uh, critical uh, when the high school district floated bonds because gymnasiums, fencing, things were supposed to be built. 
the new gym over at uh, uh, North Campus. You know, there was some horse trading. Uh, money didn't go as far as it wanted to. We hear the facilities are old, old, old. Hey, Hoover, Hoover Junior High, I went there, and it's still going strong. That's got to be at least 60-plus years old. So to say the buildings are 40 years old and we need to bulldoze them down, some folks have been concerned. You know why they tear all the almond trees out over there uh, along G Street across from the hospital? Well, they were getting old. So some things, you know, look conspiratorial. Some things, valid concerns. And what Mr. Law brings up about e-learning, internet learning, and you bring it up all the time because we know a couple of professors. What does the parking lot look like the first of the year? He said it. He said it. And we were making fun of the the Pell Grant money. But what you can see is with Keith Law's article is he exactly touches upon it. And what he says is... He says, he says to show the Merced campus no need for more buildings. Any visitor midway through a semester can detect students' absence by the half-full classrooms and parking lots. Yeah, during yeah mid-semester. I mean, the first day, you're Act. you're over there in the neighborhoods. You know, the college streets. That's why those people get upset for a couple of months, and then about midpoint, man, you're right up next to the old Lesher Library. Of course, yep. now that's student services, but. And some people were bent out of shape. But, you know, why they got rid of the old library? It's like, well, they didn't tear the building down. I mean, I get the architecture. But I don't know. There's some things going on there. We'll maybe be able to explore those in other well, shows. But, you know, we're getting down to the end. Go ahead. No, finish no, your thoughts. Well, you know, it's like the college. You know, I, I know that there are some people in the ag community that are concerned. You know, we get these people that, you know, donate money and donate land and do this kind of stuff, but we never really look at the uh, details of the projects Mm -hmm. or the details of, you know, follow the money. Where does the money go? Is it really $5 million or is it just 3.3? No, there's some big questions out there, folks, and I'm not, you know, and to be in complete, uh, you know, candor, I've talked to Chris Vitelli the president of the college, about some of these concerns that I've heard. And, you know, maybe now is the time, and uh, that has been suggested to me by some of the folks, that, uh, you know, let's get these issues out so everything is transparent, maybe dispel some of Mr. Law's concerns. Because as you know, with these bonds, you usually get a committee of the who's who of Merced, and they try to, you know, get you to, you know, understand that, this one's necessary. Well, and all I'm saying is, if they're going to go after Prop 13, where does it end, brother? Well, the situation isn't only Prop 13. It's also follow the money trail. There's a couple of things that are very questionable that, you know, Casey and I have to look into before we report it. But the situation basically is, you know, it was kind of like Greg Hostetler with the million dollars he gave to the uh, police City of Merced, yeah. Oh, I'll give you a million dollars. But what wasn't told was for every dollar the city puts in the pot, he will match. Yeah. And so, you know. And not for wages, only for equipment or facilities. Right. But again, that's a heck of a deal, man. I mean, you know, I don't know. It's it's, the devil's in the details with all of this funding and where do they get the money? It's like the, uh, you know, the sheriff's uh, new jail, you know, parcel tax in November. And I want to get one of the supervisors to come in. Uh, that survived the March election to talk about that. Well, you know, who who's backing who? Who's backing Chris, uh, Mr. Aguilera? Who's backing Mr. Barragon? <laughs> well, that, that gets into a hole. Right. Who's backing Josh? Who's backing mm-hmm. uh, uh, Matt Serrato? Who's backing who? Uh, well, now we don't know if Matt's in yet, but hasn't said no. Hey, can you believe? He'd be a good addition. I think so, too. 
you know, we're a lot of good qualified folks out there. And, uh, For 20 bucks? <laughs> Robert thinks it's worth uh, 50. <laughs> hey, I don't, I don't think it's worth much more than that. I, I, I think $100 a week and uh, max, or meeting, excuse me. Anyway, here, uh, you can hear the music. So happy to have in studio with me, Robert the Velvet Sledgehammer, Thomas Setti. Can I go back to bed now? Back, back with us. And uh, again. Recouping. Truly a miracle, my friends. Truly a miracle. He really had me worried. I I don't know. I believe. I have faith. And uh, the guy sitting across from me proves it. I hope that uh, your year goes as well. And some of your prayers get answered like mine were. That's so nice. I look forward to seeing everybody next week on Citizen Watch. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk. 107.3 FM. 1480 AM. See you later.